You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. There's two things that I want to get before we get going in the message this morning. I think it's pastor's appreciation, and I think you guys have been so blessed to have Pastor Jamie and Shauna as, as leading this church, and you guys know that as we appreciate the gifting that God has brought to this church, and we know what God's doing through LWC, we, we are honored. I'm honored to know Pastor Jamie for so many years. Before we were uh, pre-Jesus, we knew each other, uh, and of course, we don't want to talk about that, but... <laughs> But the fact is that knowing that, that God has called Jamie and Shauna to, to this the oracle to make an impact and influence people's lives, what, what an honor that we get to call him pastor this morning. And Shauna, we appreciate you and Jamie just for the love and the passion and the calling that you answered many years ago that now God is doing some amazing work here at LWC. The second thing I wanted to talk about is really just really thank the church because I think we don't realize or recognize that every day, Monday through Friday, even on yesterday, even in Seattle, thinking about is that we get to represent this church, even on a road trip, you know, in a hotel room on Friday night, you know, where we get to present the gospel to the Arizona football team. You know, I mean, I want you to visual what that looks like, is that we get to represent you because you support what we do, and, and whether it's walking into a high school, whether it's walking into the University of Arizona, is that we get to, Sean, I love the word, we get to represent this church. Every day, we, we're either serving, we're in pouring into a coach or an athlete because this church believes in the mission of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And we are so honored and thankful for this church and the impact that you have every day. And I know sometimes I, we feel like, man, I'm not really having, making a difference in someone. But if you just get a, get a glimpse of the impact that you're having because you support the ministry of FCA, that every day there's four of us walking into a high school campus whether it's going on to a volleyball match, doing chapel at Push Ridge Christian Academy, or it's even a Bible study on Wednesday nights at the University of Arizona, is that we get to represent this church. And we are, again, for me and Margie, we thank you for, for many years. We've been on staff going on 24 years, and this church has supported us the whole road that we've been on. So we want to thank you guys for just being so faithful, and Shauna and Jamie and this church and the missions committee for allowing us to represent you every day as we go out there and present the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you. So this morning, God's, for the last couple of weeks when Jamie asked me if I would just share the word, I'm like, well, if it's an early game, yes, because if not, I'll probably get home at 5 in the morning. So the good thing it was a 2 o'clock game and we got home by 11.30 last night from Seattle. But, but I want, there's a couple of verses that are really, and really the theme of owning your role. What does that look like? Because most, most times we look at our, our, our journey and we look at, man, what is God doing in my life? But, but really the, the, the statement owning your role plays such a pivotal part in seeing God do what he has to do in our lives. And I think so many of us, we would love to play someone else's role, but that's not our job. God has called each and every one of us to not only embrace our role, but to own our own role. And this, this morning, I, was, uh, I want to start off on the book of Acts. Because you think about here, as they were starting the church, there, there's a couple of statements that really kind of 
baffled me at first. I'm thinking, okay, if I'm here, come this morning to encourage you, you probably say, man, you know, I kind of give you, cheer you on and say, man, God's going to, God is awesome and he is awesome and the road's going to be easy. But, but there's something that, that we find here in the Acts chapter 14 that kind of, again, he talks about strengthening the disciples. As they were building the church, and, and here in uh, Acts 14, verse 21, it says, after they had preached the gospel in that town and made many disciples. So you picture this, man, there are a lot of people are coming to Jesus. They returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. Verse 22 says, strengthening the disciples by encouraging them to continue in the faith. And I could stop there and say, yeah, that's, that's good stuff. And I think we need to be encouraged that, man, you just keep doing what God's called you to do. You just continue to encourage each other. And like he says, to continue in the faith. Is that, man, sometimes we need to just be told, just remain in the faith. God has the last word. God's going to do what he wants to do. But then he says something in the verse, uh, right after that, he says, and so he says, disciples, by encouraging them to continue in the faith. And then he says, and by telling them it is necessary to go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. And you're like, okay, you lost me. If you're going to encourage me and you're going to tell me that there's some things that I have to go through, that's not very encouraging. But at the same time, you have to kind of see what, what the point that he's trying to make. is like, yes, man, continue in the faith. Keep doing, keep walking with Jesus. Make sure that God is in control and in, really in the driver's seat of our lives. But I, but I love this kind of just really a warning like, hey, guys, there is some things that we have to go through in order to enter the kingdom of God. And I think when we all look back at the chapters of our lives, we recognize that there's a lot of stuff that we wish we wouldn't have gone through. But most of those things that God has allowed us to go through have, have made us the man and woman that God created us to be. And I think it's important, guys, that we look at this, this verse and say, like, man, if someone is encouraging me or you're encouraging someone else, don't leave, leave out the part that says, you know what, there is just some things that you have to go through. And it's not that like God punishing you or it's not that God's doing something bad in your life. It's because God wants you to recognize is that you can handle more than you could ever think you can handle. So and I think some of the disciples, as they were being encouraged to walk, keep in the faith, I love that he says, but just remember, there are some things, guys, that we have to go through to enter the kingdom of God. And that, that should not only encourage us, but when, and recognize the time when you go through these seasons in your life that you don't like, you got to ask yourself, why am I going through this season in my life? And I know a lot of them are self-inflicted because we've all done that. But the fact is that God is not afraid to allow you to navigate some tough seasons in your life because he knows he wants to reveal how strong you really are. And if that's not encouraging, I don't know what is. Yes, I'm going to encourage you, yeah, keep the faith. But at the same time, and recognize that God wants to take us, you know, into some places that only he can take us. And I have a couple of points that I want to just briefly talk about. And really the, 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 first, the first point is, what is strengthening your walk? Because it says here that he was encouraging them, right? Who, what is strengthening your walk right now? And who is strengthening your walk? Because, guys, we all know we need each other. And, and the, the more we recognize this, this journey, that God says, I'll never let you walk this journey alone. That's not what I, my intentions are for your life. So not only do I need to be encouraged, you need to be encouraged in two different ways. Yes, man, keep the faith. 
But don't panic when you go through something and question, like, why am I going through this? Because if God is in control of it, guess what's going to happen? God's going to use it. God's going to empower you. God's going to reveal some things in your life that only he can reveal when you go through these things in your life. And I, again, I, I think about the, the seasons that we've been in, you know, whether it's just, you know, 42 years of marriage but the, or, or just the first seven years of our marriage that we were so lost. And I think even coming to Christ in 1987, it's just like the things that we've endured in the last 30-some years is that I'm like, God, really? You're in control of that too? But, but the fact is that God's not afraid to take us places that he will reveal himself in those places. And, and I, I'm honored that God kind of thinks about you and I in ways that, man, let me show you how strong you really are. Because if we've never faced opposition or we've never faced situations where we kind of question, like, what am I doing here? And I think a lot of times, you know, we question, you know, can I really do this? Of course you can. If God's called you to it, he'll empower you to get through it, right? And I think about these, these questions that I just wrote down for the church this morning. What is strengthening your walk? Are we encouraged knowing that there are some hardships we must navigate? See, we don't wake up in the morning like, God, really take me through some hardships today. That's my prayer for today. But that's how they prepared the church. Like, guys, be ready. Again, as, as followers of Jesus Christ, there is some things that, we, that God's going to allow us to navigate. And again, he doesn't do them, but he allows us to go through them. Because he wants to paint a picture, man, of, of what he's doing in your life. Because if, I think a lot of times, even coming out of drug addiction and, and just alcoholism and just kind of figure out, like, man, this is not the way God called me to live my life. But, but even to the point of saying, God, you know, there is so much that I learned struggling to find sobriety, trying to find that God could redeem me and restore me from drug addiction. But, but I know that God, at the, at the point of, of allowing me to navigate that season of my life, in my mid-20s, I remember I was 26 years old, and that was the worst time of my life, as, you know, as a husband, as a dad, had no idea what that looked like. But to know that God was going to use what I just came out of to go out there and present the gospel to young people. And, and guys, that, that's the power. And again, I think about even owning your role, it, it, there's no age attached to it. There is no age attached to your role. And no matter what season you're in, that God has called you to live out this life right now, that someone wants to be impacted through your life, regardless of what age we are. And people keep asking me, and I get offended by this, so when are you going to retire? When are you going to retire from what? You know, like, I'm only 62 years old, why would I retire? You know, and so it's just, it's important to matter. If I own the role that I'm in right now, God's going to own my direction and the journey he has us on. And guys, so just think about, do you own your role? Because I think about a lot of times, man, I would love to have someone else's role. But it's not your role. That's their role. And I think sometimes we, we try to look around and say, man, if I would just have that person's life, I'd, my life would be different. No, you wouldn't enjoy it because it's not your life. It's not your role. And I think it's important is that the third question I thought, it's like, what if what we're going through right now is actually paving the way for us. And so many times in ministry, people say, hey, Richard, will you pray that God get me out of this? But I'm like, what, what if you, you're asking me to ask God to remove something from your life that he actually wants to use in your life? And I'm like, 
I mean, we all want to get in God's way, right? Because we all say, hey, well, I can help you out. We, we can't do that. And, and I think a lot of times as we, you know, even as a son, my son, I think about the journey he's been through. You know, I, I've shared this before, but I've, I've always prayed for grandchildren. You know, we have a lot of nieces and nephews, lots of them, like over 100 and some. But, but I, and again, I, I love my nieces and nephews. But I always said, man, if I could have a grandkid, if someone called me Tata, that would be the most amazing thing. That would be powerful. And my, and my son, for some reason, never wanted to get married. You know, he loves his life. And, and still, but even, and I remember him coming home one day and saying, man, you know, I'm going to get married. And, I, you know, he was dating and, and stuff. And, and, I, and I just, and I, in my own thought, felt like, I don't know if you're ready. You know, because my son's been single and just living on his life, enjoying, amazing kid. Love, just never giving us issues or problems. But gets married with someone that has three kids. And I'm like, praise the Lord, I get three grandkids. <laughs> Without having to go through the baby stages, right? They were three, five, and six. So I'm in heaven. I'm like, okay. And I would not answer them until they called me Tato. I don't care what they said. So, and that went on for, you know, a couple years. And then I knew they were struggling in their marriage. And my son needed some things to work out in his own life. Because it's hard. You know, you've been alone for so many years, like 30 years. And all of a sudden you have, you know, a family of five. That's not easy to do. And I just looked at him, and one day I knew he was struggling. He says, you know what, we're calling it quits. And me selfishly, like, wait a minute, you gave me three grandkids, and I'm not going to take them away? And stuff. But I, I knew that, you know, as we navigated that season, that my son had to go through some things in his life that got to reveal himself to him in a personal way. And now you see, you see my son now, he's, he's not the same guy. God has shown him, and, and, I, and I, I kept this text that he sent me that, that he said, and I think for us, man, sometimes we, we don't realize how selfish we really are. You know, and, and she had moved on, and, you know, I, I still see uh, the youngest one once in a while, but just thinking about when he texts me one day and he says, Dad, I, couldn't, I can't believe how selfish I am. And I'm like, I could have told you that a long time ago. But, but when God reveals that to you, when God shows you that, man, you know what? There are some things that we have to go through for that God can just turn the mirror and say, you know what? I need to work on that person you see in the mirror. And it's not, it's, we think about it a bad thing, but to see what God has done in his life now. And I, I wish he wouldn't have to go through that, but he did. You know, stuff. And I don't know what God has planned for his life, but I tell you what. For his love for Jesus is, has turned such a, in such a powerful way. And now he texts me scriptures and stuff. I mean, that, there's nothing like that. Do I wish I still had three grandkids all the time? Yes. But to see my son serve Jesus Christ, there is nothing like that. And I think sometimes today, this morning, I think there's some of you that are navigating some tough challenges in your life. And, and we're asking God, God, take this away. But God's saying, yeah, I, I am going to take it away. But let me get out of what I'm trying to do in your life first. Because every single one of us, that God has to allow us to navigate these tough challenges so that God can reveal, first of all, himself in that situation. Because when you see God in it, you, everything changes. And I've always thought about how God operates, and even in our student-athlete's life, is that they come, and everything's all about ability, right? Because they've been given a scholarship. Because why? Because of their ability. 
And it's hard to kind of, the message that, that the gospel is all about denying yourself to carry his cross, right? Because it's crazy that we can all invite everybody to come to the cross, but those that follow Jesus have to carry the cross. And it's so you, they, they hear this message like, yeah, God's given you ability, but God empowers your availability. That's, that's about this wide apart. So that they come with this mindset like, man, you know, I love, you know, what comes with, with the territory of, man, people recognizing who you are because you're, you're playing for the University of Arizona. And that's great. It's a great journey. But if you're not making yourself available for God to use you, your platform doesn't really influence a lot of people. And I think one of the things that I, God's taught me in the last 30-some years, you know, as, as a believer, is that, man, every single one of us have a platform. And you may not be up here, uh, you know, in the pulpit, but the fact is every day when you walk out your door, there's a platform so that people can see your life, but they can see God directing your life. And that's where the power is, right? Matthew 5, 16. You let your light shine. People see your good deeds, see what you're, how you're living your life, and they don't praise you. They praise your Father in heaven. And it's just important to kind of look at these, at these points. I mean, make sure that what we're asking God to remove what if it's the very thing that God wants to use in our lives? And I think about this, when I'm asking God to remove something from someone, what if God's saying, no, that's actually the answer? And I think it's important, and I put down the fourth, before we ask God to remove it, let's make sure it's not an answer to our prayers. Because what I deem to be a problem, what if it's actually the answer? And I know so many times I've... I, I'm not afraid to pray for people. But so many times I walk away like, wait a minute. I, I'm asking God to do something in their lives. And I'm asking God to take them out of it. Instead of God saying, no, I want to teach them while they're in it. Before I take them out of it. That, that's just a, it's a, a different way that we, we see life. And I think about how God operates and comes into our lives and says, hey, listen. I need to change. Even you think about when Moses, that God, he grew up. And, and yet he had this kind of idea of what God looked like or what, how God operated. And how did God appear to him? In a burning bush. And I always think about, man, God has to change our perspective before he gives us his divine confidence. Because if you see life the way you've always seen it, you're not ready to see what God has in store for us. We're just not. We can't look at, at, at our, through the lens of, our, of the natural and, and expect to see the supernatural. And God is encouraging and wanting us to recognize, like, man, you know what? Whatever role you have right now, number one, own that role. Embrace that role because it's your role. Don't give that role away because you need that role. And God's going to reveal himself. He's going to empower you through that role, whatever that is. And it's just important to thinking about this, that, man, God wants to remind us today that there are some things that we have to go through. And I tell you what, most of them I haven't liked but they've put us in a position where we can see that God is always in control. That God always has the last word, no matter what we face. That God's not going to allow you to go through a, a season of your life without him being in control of it. And I, and I pray that's just my, my first point today is that, you know what, if we're going to own our role, if we're going to encourage each other, let's not leave out the part like, hey, man, if God wants to take you through it, then trust him in it. Because we all have to navigate some tough seasons in our life. And those are the ones that make us the people that God wants us to become. Is that we trust him no matter what we go through. 
We trust him what, no matter what he's allowing us to go through. Because I, and I see this all the time to our athletes. It's like, do you realize that God trusts you more than you trust yourself? Think about that for a second. God trusts you more than you trust yourself. Why? Because he knows that you can go through it. You may kick and scream along the way, but you can go through it. And it's just, uh, for me, it encourages me to think about, man, when they started the church, that he says, keep the faith. But there are some things that we have to go through in order to obtain the kingdom of God. That's the first verse. Second verse is found in Romans chapter 12, verse 3. And, and I think it's important. And Shana, you, you gave a word that I, I think that, and maybe intentional or not intentional, or just God leading you to say that. You know, I think the get to versus have to, when God changes your have to into a get to, there's freedom there. Think about that, is that we get to serve Jesus Christ. And I think a lot of times, you know, even as, as a husband and his wife, I have to do this. Why? In God's kingdom, you get to do something. You get to serve each other. You get to make each other better. And I think so many times the world is living through the have to instead of the get to. And I think, uh, so here, uh, here we find our scripture, and in, in, in Paul is talking about Romans 12, 3. He says, because of the privilege, because of the privilege. Think about that word privilege. See, what an honor. He's saying, what an honor it is that God has given me authority. He says, I count it a privilege, and because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given you. And, and I think about that first point is that, do we count it a privilege? Do we, if we count it a privilege, you know what happens? When you, when you uh, look at someone and say, man, what a privilege to be your, your husband. What a privilege to be your son. What a privilege to be your dad. There, there's, what happens is the value of what you're holding on to not only increases, but you, you not only value it, you treasure it. And yet, like he says here, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give you this warning. And my question, my first question I put out, do we consider it a privilege to be trusted with the things God has given us? Because if you don't count it a privilege, you probably don't value it very much. I don't value it very much. And I think, again, in the society, in the world that we live in now, we live in an entitlement society. I deserve this. You don't want what you deserve. Right? We don't want what we deserve. And I know it's easy to get caught up, especially, again, working with, with, with athletes. It's just like, um, I probably shouldn't even say this, but, but they, they're given everything. I mean, they are given everything. I mean, by the time they wake up, their schedule's made out for them. Their clothes are, made, are put on their locker rooms. It's, it's crazy. And, and then we say, like, oh, I'm entitled to this? No, you're not. You've been blessed with this, but you're not entitled to it. And I, so I, I love, like he says, because of the privilege that God trusted me with this authority. And you think about this, guys, that this morning... You should count it a privilege because God has trusted you with the God-given authority he's given you. Number one, to go out there and live your life 
to go out there and impact other people's lives through your life. I mean, what, what a privilege that we get this morning to, to talk about a Savior who died for our sins so that we can be free. If that ain't a privilege, I don't know what is. And, and I think about this, do I consider it a privilege to be trusted that I get to walk into a college campus with the gospel of Jesus Christ and nobody's telling me I can't? That I get to walk into a public high school with a Bible in my hand sharing and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's a privilege. And I think sometimes we, we just take it for granted that, man, that we get, that we have to do this or that it's, it's my, you know, I, I'm entitled to this. No, we're not. God has chosen us to go out there to be people of influence. And when we count it a privilege, we value every moment. We value every opportunity. And, and I think at the end of the day is that, like he says, even that scripture, he says, when we measure ourselves, and it's crazy, when you measure yourself, what do we measure ourselves with and by? Next, the person next to us who's a little bit worse off than we are? Oh, I'm better than that person. Right? I'm not like that person. But it's crazy that he says here, he says, don't think you're better than you really are. You try telling a, a, somebody that's really good at what they do that, like you're not really that good. Right? I think sometimes we need to remind, hey, really, you're not that good, okay? See, that, that, that offends us. Because people say, well, you know what? There's always somebody bigger than you are. There's always, always somebody faster than you are. There's always somebody better than you are. It's just a fact of life. But you tell an athlete, like, no, I'm the best it's ever been. Like, really? How's that working out for you? <laughs> so, but, but I think about this. So, and yeah, and, and God has gifted a lot of people. Don't get me wrong, man. God has, has gifted and blessed a lot of people. But when you think that you are better than you really are, that becomes an obstacle. And we deal with that all the time. And I think it's important, like he says here, don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given you. Now here, there's only one measurable he's talking about, right? What are you doing with the faith that God has given you? Not what he's given Shauna or Pastor Jamie, but the faith that he's given you. You measure your life. You examine your life by the, by the faith that God has given you and asking yourself the question, what are you doing with that faith? So again, if, if I'm evaluating, and I love using this analogy, if I'm running the tape of my life and I'm only measuring myself by the faith that God's given me, what am I going to see? Am I walking away from opportunities? Because what are they going to say? What are they going to think? Who cares? That God is saying, like, listen, I've given you some faith that's going to empower your journey, that's going to empower the, the calling on your life, what are we doing with that faith? Because, you know, the world measures it by how big you've been, things that you've been given. And, and I get it because that's the way the world operates. But I, I tell you what, it's, it's important to not measure yourselves by the size of the faith, but what you're doing with the faith. Because everybody's like, oh, my bigger car, bigger house. That, I, I get that. But if God's saying, man, if you're going to measure yourself, measure yourself by the faith that I've given you. I'm like, wow, that's, that's different. And it's important regardless. And I think, and maybe because I'm getting a little bit older, I think about this as like age to me now is just a number. It's just a number. 
right? It's, it's not the amount of years that, that you've lived. It's what are you doing with the, the, the years that you have so far? And I think so many times is that, you know, I, I hate the word retired because I'm not retiring. You know, I'm gonna, if we're going to serve God, we don't retire. Right? We, we don't, where, do you, where do you see that in Scripture? That even if I start doing something else, well, I'm not retired. Because my faith, your faith, has to be in the driver's seat of your everyday life. And again, faith is not based on age. It's a gift from God. And if I measure myself by the faith that God's given me, guess what happens? Man, God, let me just go out there and utilize and use the faith that you give me today. And whatever you do with that, I'm fine with that. But the question is, what are we doing with the faith that God's given us? And it's important to think about this, this question is that if I'm measuring myself by the faith that God's given me, if I'm evaluating myself based upon the faith, and the third point I put is allow the faith that God has given us to be the measurable. Because that's the only measurable we need. Because if my faith is empowering my journey, God takes care of the rest. Is that, yeah, there's some times where we doubt. There's some things that, that we go through. But, man, if I measure myself by the faith that God's given me, man, God's going to do some amazing work in, in and through your life. And that's just my second verse. Here's the third verse that I wanted to share with us this morning. It's found in 1 Peter 4, verse 10. It says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. And, and I think this, this is why we kind of, we struggle with, with the gifts. Like, well, God's only given me a, different, a small gift. Who cares? It's your gift. And it's from him. But he says that make sure that the gift that God's given you to use it to, what does he say here? To serve one another. And it's so easy that God's gifted you to do something in your life. And we always measure by the size of the gift versus who gave you the gift. And my challenge for us this morning is that, man, every, look what he says here. Every single one of us, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Talk about a picture of a church. Is that every single one of us have a different, different gift. And he says, if we use it well to serve one another, who's impacted? The church is. If you use your gift when you show up to work tomorrow morning. Who's impacted by your co-workers? God has not, again, given you a gift to say, oh, I'm going to hold on to this gift. He says, use it to serve each other well. Is that this gift is to impact and influence other people's lives, regardless of the size of the gift. Guys, we, we got to recognize it and really value that, man, your gift, the, God, the gift that God's given you is needed by someone tomorrow and this morning or this afternoon. That gift is to impact and influence someone else's life. Don't measure yourself by the size of the gift. Measure yourself by the power of the gift. Because there is always someone that needs to be impacted and influenced because God's gifted you in whatever gift that is. Because look what he says next. He says, do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. The Bible tells us ambassadors for the kingdom, right? Is that God is using you to go out to be his spokesman? God has given you a gift, so why? But people can see how spiritual you are? No, so they can see how powerful your God is. 
Guys, and we, we are missing a great opportunity if we think that we don't have something to offer. Somebody needs the gift that God's given you. Because he goes on to say here, then God, speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. See, we, we, we don't have to make things up. We just have to go out there and live the life that God's called us to live. He, he empowers you, right, because you're engaged with him. He equips you, and he gives you this gift of saying, hey, you know what, if you go out there and use it, and most people, we waste our gifts because we say, well, it's just too small. When God comes in contact with your gift, just imagine what could really happen. When God unleashes the power on your gift, lives are transformed. People are restored and renewed. Why? Because you change and know. Because the gift that God's given you changes them. Guys, don't miss an opportunity of owning your role, owning the gifts that God's given you. Because why? Because he, he trusts you with that gift. He wants to use you through those gifts. And it's important that, man, don't miss a great opportunity. And I, I, I always think about, man, is if God has already prepared something for you this week, don't leave your gift at home. There's someone that you're going to come in contact that needs to see what that gift looks like, see that gift in action, and see God's power through that gift. Amen. Think about it. We, we are in a great position, guys. And as the world looks for more answers, we already have the answer. You know, the world doesn't really know it yet. They're looking for something to add value to their lives. They'll never find it without Jesus. You know that, and I know that. And he says, then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. So don't tell God you have nothing to offer. Don't tell God, God, are you, what am I going to do? God would just say, use the gift I've given you. Just use the gifts I've given you. Not the size of the gift, the power in the gift. Having ability is one thing. Using it to empower others, it's a game changer. When you get home from a, from a day out and you recognize that, man, if you use the power and the, and the gifts that God's given you, someone was impacted by it. And sometimes we don't even see it. Sometimes we don't recognize it. But if you just go out there and live the life God's called you to live, someone is going to be impacted by that gift. Third, third point I put there, what are you doing with your gift? Did you put it on the shelf, put it in the closet, I'll use it for a rainy day. That gift that God's given us, guys, is needed much more today than ever before. Because this world is, is not going in the direction that, and, and most people, is it going to get better? I said, well, if you read the scripture, no, it's not. But we're going to be more empowered because we win. Because my God is always in control. My God is all going to do what he wants to do. Amen? And the fourth point I put on there is, who is better today because of that gift? Who's better because of that gift? Yeah, God, God's going to equip you and empower you through that gift. But it's not for you to keep it to yourself. Someone needs to be impacted through your life. 
Don't ever minimize the platform God's given you because it's your platform. And someone always needs to be encouraged. Someone always needs to see what it is to see a person who loves Jesus Christ. And not because you're perfect, not because we have it all together, because we don't. But my God's perfect, and he has it all together. And that's why we get to represent Jesus Christ today. And really my, my encouragement, my challenge to us this morning is, is, is a verse that I was, I was just thinking about. And I think it's not said enough to each other. And I don't think I put it on the notes, but and I don't think I did. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 4. And I want to finish with this thought. Paul is taking some time to encourage the body of Christ. And I don't know how you guys encourage each other, but sometimes we don't encourage ourselves this way. But look what he says. He says, I have the highest confidence in you. When was the last time somebody told you, I have confidence in you? You know, we're always telling them, like, what did you do that for? But imagine Paul says, I have the highest confidence in you. You know, we don't say that to each other enough. We always measure ourselves by what's going on in our lives. But you know what? If you would just take a moment and say, you know what? I believe in you. I have confidence in you. Because then he says, I take great pride in you. And somebody this morning needs to hear that. Maybe you haven't heard that in a long time, but I have great confidence in you. Why? Because you serve a powerful God. And I, and I know sometimes life doesn't work out the way he wants to. And most, like I said earlier, sometimes it's self-inflicted. I've made some bad choices. I get that. But when God tells you, I have confidence in you, there is something that is triggered. That God says, I take pride in you because you're perfect or you never mess up. No, because I'm your God and you're trusting me with that. Guys, I, I think it's important that we use and kind of encourage ourselves, man. I have the highest confidence in you. I take great pride in you. And, and this is, look at how he finishes off. It's almost like that first verse that we read. You have greatly encouraged me. Why? Because your life is perfect? No. He says, you have greatly encouraged me and made me happy despite what? All our troubles. That no matter what we're going through, you encourage me. Why? Because your faith is not in your condition. It's in who your God is. And I think it's important that the statements that God teaches us are like, man, my position in Christ is never defined by my conditions. Never. My conditions in life always define my, don't define my position. My position defines my condition. Think about that for a second. Like I am greatly encouraged that no matter what we face, you encourage me. Talk about a powerful impact. As someone knows what you're, what you're navigating right now. But they're encouraged. Why? Because your eyes aren't on with the situation. It's on your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's what the world is just waiting for someone who would use their gifts to honor and glorify God. And that we can encourage each other by the things that we navigate, by the things that we go through. And, and people this morning, I, again, I have the highest confidence in you because I trust in your God. I take great pride in you. And so does God. And you encourage me even though we go through afflictions, even though we go through tough times, I'm encouraged. Why? Because we're running this journey together. That I don't have to run this race alone. That we need 
to build each other up. We need to encourage each other. And my challenge this morning is that, man, let, let's be encouraged today. But don't miss out on God using you in a powerful way. God needs you. God wants to use you. And the gifts that he's empowered you is that, you know what, the world needs that. The world is waiting for you and I to live the life and embrace our role. It's my role, it's your role. Let God be glorified through that role. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we love you. Father, we thank you that we can just be reminded this morning that you believe in us. You have confidence in us. You take great pride in us. Let that sink into our spirits this morning. Father, you've given each and every one of us a gift. And that gift, Lord God, is needed by the world today so that it can influence and impact people's lives. Father, I thank you for this church who for over 20 years has been so faithful and allow us, us to go out there and answer the call to serve coaches and athletes for Jesus Christ. So, Father, we prepare us for another week. May we honor you. We'll give you all the praise, all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.